0: While you're standing, I'll read one portion of Scripture and then you can be seated. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 2 and 3. 2 Corinthians 3, verses 2 and 3. Apostle Paul wrote to the church. This was, you know, when we read these letters in the New Testament, uh, if you notice, the opening line is almost always to the saints, to the church, to those. And so these are two people who ought to know what's going on. And it's instruction and reminders oftentimes. But Paul said this about the church, about the body. He said, you are our epistle written in our hearts. But then he said, you're known and read of all men. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us. You're not written with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in the fleshly tables of the heart. So tonight I want to talk to us about, with just this thought, uh, seems to fit good, this title, an open book, an open book. You can be seated tonight. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. An open book. You know a few weeks ago uh went to uh, brother Aaron's ceremony where he was they put his badge on him, and they were taking an oath and it's just something that I was listening to what they were having to say and with almost any entity or business or that you are you are a part of uh, oftentimes you are required there's uh, an image. I guess, that you have to maintain, especially in a field like law enforcement. Um, when he is off duty, he still has to have an image that reflects well on the police department. He can't be out racing cars through the street or getting in fights or getting locked up or just doing his goes because, hey, you're a police officer. You're not yeah, but I'm not on duty. Well, it don't matter. And that's actually in their their oath to that effect that even when you're out in public, you're not on duty, you're off the clock, you're still representing the county or the city, the department that you are hired by. And so uh, many uh, places, like at sports teams, uh, a lot of that, you know, they they have rules in place even for their high-paid athletes that uh, when you're not on the field, Remember, you still represent our organization, and people are looking at you, and they know you play for us. They know we pay you, and so you need to be mindful of what you get into because we don't want, you know, they're all about the dollar. You put a bad image on us, we start losing money. You're out the door. It's just how it will be. You'll forfeit your contract and all those millions you thought you were going to get, you can wave by to. And so they they put pretty hefty consequences on people, um, make sure that you are, um, you know, almost in a way shining a light for our organization. You're being, uh, in other words, uh, your life's an open book. It's um, And it should be, or it should be. I know that we're big on privacy. Everybody, want, I want my privacy. And I get that. But uh, the, the phrase, my life is an open book, people use that whenever they're trying to say, look, I'm easy to know, I'm easy to understand, and and basically what you see is what you get. Um, I have nothing to hide. And when our life, according to Scripture, the Bible says that our life is hid now in Christ. But when our life is hid in Him, we should be an open book to the world. Hey, you... And whether you like it or not, you're always an open book to God. And so he always sees, he always knows, there's nothing hid from him. Uh, He knows what's being written before it's even written. So uh, when we come to the Lord, there are some things that he says about us that lets me know that this world needs to see us as an open book. And that's what Paul was basically saying to the Corinthians. He said, you, you are our epistle, or you're our letter, and it's written in the hearts, and it is read by all men. In other words, the things that we have preached to you and taught you and things that you have seen and heard of, of us, of God, uh, now people see that in you. Many times we've, you've heard the phrase, maybe be careful how you behave or how you treat people because you may be the only Bible or Jesus that people ever meet. Because, uh, you know, they're looking for something. And if you decide to close the book that day, then, uh, you know, somebody's going to miss an opportunity. Uh, And so I want my life to be an open book when it comes to the things I am in God. Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I want people to see what God has made of my life. Now, of course, we have privacy in our homes and things we do, you know, Social media has eliminated a lot of privacy. Some people that say they want privacy, well, you would never know it because they post everything about their life, and so their life is truly become an open book, an open Facebook. It's you know it's, uh, but you know we we always say, you know, you don't judge a book by its cover, but that's exactly what people are really most comfortable with. Because they like to have a beautiful, decorated cover, but don't open up to the first chapter. <laughs> Come on now, you remember when we were in school and we used to get to get them brown paper sacks and make our own book covers, and then we would draw all over them and decorate them. And you want to have the really nice, cool, neat book cover, or you would buy pretty book covers. I don't even guess they do that anymore. But used to, it well, was a big thing. Every year you'd buy book covers to cover your books, and it. It'll you know, have My Little Pony or something on it, you know, or Star Wars or something. You know, it was, but, you know, you had something that uh, so people could see. And, and you couldn't even tell it was a what it was until you opened it. You had to remember, okay, I put Star Wars on math. I put, you know, Smurfs on history and whatever. Uh, or the brown paper sack on, you know, geometry because I hate that. But uh, but so, but that's the way people, pe- pe- uh, don't judge a book by its cover, but that's exactly what people really like. Because people like to have a pretty cover, they just don't want anybody to know what's going on inside. Don't look inside. But I've said this before, and I will say it again. Uh, listen, if, uh, if it's on the menu, then it better be in the kitchen. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? It, that don't be false advertising uh, who you are. Your life should now be an open book. Now, when we come to Jesus, and whether we like this part about it or not, because it, that's the way people are, no matter how good a deal they're getting, there's always something that they look sideways at. But Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Now, what people say, well, the Lord lives in me. Well, guess what he said? As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So if the light of the world is living in you, either you're putting it under a bushel and hiding it, or everybody's seeing it. He wants us to be an open book. He said, no man likes a candle and then hides it. He said, you sit it on a candlestick, that gives light to everybody in the room. It's for everybody to see. Everybody should see our life with God. It's, we're instructed to shine, not hide. And that's the problem as this world gets darker. We should be shining brighter. We should be a lot more noticeable today than we have ever been in any point in history because the world is, you know, we know where the world's headed and the way that the Lord's going to be coming back one day. We know that, that uh, in the last days it's going to be, if it's going to be, as Jesus said, in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot, well, it was evil times and things going, we're going to stand out. We can't, one writer said, this thing was not done in a corner. We're not trying to hide or sneak attack the world with the gospel it's a light that shines it's a we are uh, epistles living epistles read of all men and we are manifestly declared he said to be the epistle of Christ and so if we are manifestly declared we're simply being in the image of God first Timothy 3:16 I want to be. I want to be so. I just want to be like God. Okay. For God was manifest in the flesh. That means He was made known in the flesh. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. God uh, walked this earth, wrapped in flesh, so people could see who He was and have an understanding of who He was and what He wanted to do. And so when. He moves inside of us. He didn't intend now to clam up. He didn't think for his church for those that he paid the price for. Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll just move inside. And it'll be our little secret. What's that? How you go? are you going to win anybody? How are you going to tell anybody about the Lord? Oh, you, oh I, I don't want to say nothing. I wouldn't want anybody to know I actually love Jesus. I'd hate for them to know I actually go to church. You know, uh, wow. Wow. Listen, that's part of it. Is when we come to him. That's why even his disciples, when he walked, he said, "Now uh, I, I've preached you a little while. Go to this town, go to that town, and start preaching. Send seventy out, two by two. Go out, preach, heal, deliver, do all the things I've told you, all the things I've shown you. Do those things, declare those things. Let people know you are following me." And so they did. In Second Corinthians. Uh, Paul, again, to the, the Corinthian church, he wrote this, Second uh, Corinthians four ten and 11. He said, we are always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Why? So that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So that the life of Jesus might be made manifest or revealed or known. In our flesh. He said, How are you going to let people know about Jesus? By the way you live, by the way you act, by the way you walk, by the way you talk, by the way you treat people, the way you love people, or, or the way you don't love people, or the way you don't treat people. But he said, If you want people to know about Jesus, he said, It's going to be in this flesh. So, for we, and he said, For we which live who are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake so that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. We, we can't get away from it. We are an open book to this world. And that is part of uh, learning to live for God. It, it doesn't mean you, you've got to stand up on a street corner somewhere and scream your guts out at people. But friend, how are you living now that he moved in? How are we treating people now that he moved in? What? What? Uh, you know. What, well, I, I think. You know, I, and I I know people. Salvation is a very personal and private thing. Since when? For God so loved the world. The world. For the promises unto you, to your children, all who are far off. And they couldn't even. Uh, get the Spirit of God without people knowing, hey, something's going on. <laughs> Where well, they were all, on the day of Pentecost, there uh, was a sound, a rushing mighty wind. They're all filled with the Spirit. They begin speaking speak in other tongues. And everybody's going, I hear something. Something's going on. I can see it. I can hear it. Well, they must be drunk. And Peter said, well, they're not drunk as you suppose. But it's the Spirit of God has moved inside of them. Now that it's in there, he said, you're going to be a witness unto me to the othermost parts of the earth. Samaria, Judea, all these places, that's, uh, it's going to be power for you to be a witness unto me. James said this in James 4 and 14. What is your life? It's a vapor. But then, what he says about that vapor, it appears for a little time and then it vanishes away. And so, our life is in the appearing. We quote this scripture so many times when we're laying someone to rest. Because we're talking about the uh, shortness of time. But, friend, there is a time. He said it appears for a little time. And in the grand scheme of things, it is a little time. But our life is in the appearing. We're only going to get things done in the appearing. We're only going to reach people in the appearing. But if we, uh, you know, if we close up shop early... Man, it's like we're dead, but we're still here. I don't want to vanish. I don't want to be the invisible Christian. I don't want to be in the the invisible child of God. Uh, I want to be manifest, declare. I want, you know, we sing that song. My life is not my own. Oh, we we head thrown back, arms raised, tears flowing. My life's not my own, and we give ourselves away. We, we're yours, God. And but is it true? Well, I I, I love the Lord, but you know it's my life. Now, it's not really. You might be walking, talking, living, and breathing in that body, but the Bible says our body, our spirit, it, it's all His. He said, "Glorify God in your body, in your spirit, which are God's." Because God made you in his image. He said in his word, all souls are mine. We belong to him. Hey, obedient or disobedient. His creation. We we could be serving another master, but still he is. We belong to him. And so we're in this body. We are supposed to manifest the life of Jesus. Shine a light to this world that brings glory to God. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, and then glorify your Father in heaven. We want people to glorify God. How are we going to get people to see what it is we love so much if we turn the light off? We've got to remember not only, you know, here's the thing. Sometimes it's not, people just don't understand that we are seeing every little bit We are manifest unto God, that God sees and hears everything. He knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart. He sees every action. He hears every word. God sees what we are doing while we are living in this body. That's why it is so important to glorify God in this body. I need to shine a light to the world. I need to be an open book. I don't need to lose sight of the fact that I'm also an open book to him. I belong to him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27, Paul said, Do you not know that they which run in a race run all, only one receives a prize? He says, So you run that you may obtain. And every man that strives for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. But then he said, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, and so fight I, not as one that beats the air, but I keep my body. It matters what I do in this body. He said, I keep my body, uh, keep under my body, and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself would be a castaway. That word, when he says, I keep my body under subjection, the word subjection means to enslave or subdue. And so we don't like those words. But what Paul's saying is, listen, I, he said it in other places, I am a prisoner of the Lord, but I'm a willing prisoner. He's not grabbed me and forced me and locked me up, but I am a willingly, uh, willing prisoner to him, and I am enslaved by this. I am subduing my body so that I won't be cast away. I don't want to say I'm one thing but then do another because not only is that going to be bad for me but it also misleads other people. It is important for us to remember uh, you know we can't tell a world about a God who loves us, that he died for us, that he changed us and then live like he didn't. I know we there's a lot of, uh, this is just where the rubber meets the road kind of stuff. I know, I get it. But this is, we live in a world today where there's going to be so many imitations of the truth, of the gospel, of the body. And, and people are going to be led astray by things that, because, oh, we serve the Lord, but we can, yeah, we can do whatever we want to do. We can live like we want to live. We don't have to answer to nobody, not even the Lord. That's a, that's a fact. People believe that, that I can live like I want to live, and God don't care. Oh, he, he died so I could be saved and so I can do whatever I want to. It, it didn't matter. But he said to be holy as he's holy. That's what the Bible said. Be holy for he is holy. When he called, the first time you read that scripture is when he called, and pulled Israel out of Egypt. He said, "I am the God that delivered you from Egypt. So now be ye holy, for I am holy." He wanted them to know that there's a difference between you and the world, and there's a difference between us and the world. It doesn't mean that I, I say this all the time. I say, yeah, sure, we may have something that the world doesn't have, but we don't have anything they can't have. We should be advertising what Jesus is offering. We should be telling people what God's got for them and, and letting them know. And, and and never look at anybody and say, oh, no, nope, that that case is too far gone. We should never, you know, that, that's judging a book by the cover. You know, that's, oh, no, 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 Lord, I can't talk to them. You know, but everybody, you, you know, the, that you see on your job, in the school, wherever you are, they're looking at you. And so you make a decision when you walk in a place Am I going to walk in as a child of God, or am I going to blend in? Now, that doesn't mean you walk into a restaurant and you start standing on chairs and screaming Scripture. It doesn't mean you, you know, like I said, you don't wear a sign on your head or something. A blinking light says, "Here I am, righteous, holy, child of God." You know, oh, but you, listen. You just live by the word and it won't take people long to figure out, okay, something's going on with you because you ain't acting like everybody else. They will know by the way you act, the way you talk, the way you treat people, the way you love one another. You know, Jesus said, how will people know you're my disciples by the way you love each other? That'll be it. It'll be something that people can actually see. And so I want to make sure that I remember I've got to do the right things. 1 Corinthians six fifteen through 20. He said, don't you know that your bodies are, your bodies are the members of Christ. And he says, shall I then take the member of Christ and make them members of a harlot? God forbid. And he said, what? Don't you know that he which is joined to a harlot is one body for two, saith he shall be one flesh, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So he said, flee fornication. Every sin that a man does is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sins against his own body. What? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you which you have of God and you are not your own? The reason that people have a hard time moving forward is that they have not come to the end of themselves yet. We've got to come to the end of ourselves and realize that I am not my own anymore. You're not a robot and you're not a puppet. That's not God. But we are now new creatures according to the scripture. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new and all things are of God. And so he says, you are not your own for you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So God sees what we're doing. What's the world seeing? How are we letting our light shine? Now, what here's where the, the, the argument comes in a lot of times with people. Well, preacher, my heart's right, and God sees my heart. You better believe He does, and that ought to scare you to death, because that ain't all He sees. And we have to realize that our heart will not be one way. Never will your heart be one way and your life lived another. In 1 Samuel 16 and 7, this is often what's quoted. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth. This is for the people who say, you're judging me. This is the script, one of the go-to scriptures. The Lord sees not as man seeth, for man looks on the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. Absolutely right. But see, they think that the heart and the actions are separate, but they're not. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Jesus said this in Matthew 15 and 19. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemes. So, Think about, well, yeah, I know I did this, but God knows my heart. Yeah, that's that's why you did that, because it was in your heart. Because your heart and your actions are going to be in the same line. You can never say, well, yeah, I, 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 know I, I know I'm a thief. I know I steal stuff, but God knows my heart. <laughs> yeah, because thievery is in your heart. And it's always going to come out. Whatever's in the heart going to come out. It's going to manifest. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to follow my heart. Be careful of that. Jeremiah 17, uh, 9 and 10. The heart is deceitful above all things. And it's desperately wicked. Who can know it? And then the Lord says, I search the heart. So that's great. He said, I try the reins, That's that spirit. He said, even to give, and then he listen, I'm going to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So I'm going to search your heart, and then I'm going to reward you to the way you're acting. Scripture says at the end, we would all stand before the judgment seat, and we will be uh, given uh, in a reward or, or a word according to the things that we have done in our body. It matters what you do in your body. It just does. It matters. Oh no, it's my heart. Ah, your heart will never—you'll never be doing anything that is not already there in your heart. It has slipped in there somewhere. So the only way the heart can be right is for God to make it right, and that's what happens at new birth. That's why He said we need to be be born again, because He said that which is born of the flesh is flesh. John three, he said, that's what is born of the spirit of spirit. So if we're born of the flesh, that's that's this body right here. That's that's you from from zero age to wherever you are now. You were born, you live in this flesh, but you must be born again. Doesn't mean this flesh is going to change right away. That doesn't change till he comes to get us. For we all shall be changed in a moment, a twinkling of an eye, and the Bible says we're going to see him as he is and be like him. Uh, that's going to happen one day. But right now we live in this flesh, but there has to be a change in us. We have to become new creatures. And so that happens at our new birth. That's where all things become new. And God knows that out of the heart, the Bible says, out of the heart are the issues of life. And so keep our heart with all diligence. So he puts a new heart in us with an expectation. In Ezekiel 36, verses 25, through 28, the Lord said, then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from all your idols I'll cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you. Now you know good and well the same heart that's beating your chest is the same one that was beating when you went in the water. So don't think he's changing the actual organ <laughs> that gives you life. No. But it's the intent. is who you are. is what you've made, and, and And so he says, a new heart will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh. I'll give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you, cause you to walk in my statutes. You shall keep my judgments and do them. So we see that uh, that for us to be what God wants us to be, we need that conversion. We need that new birth. We need to be born of water and to be born of the Spirit, as he said in John 3. So we need that because a new heart means a new way of living. Does it mean we will never make mistakes? Yeah, we're going to make mistakes. But when you learn this new way of living, you also learn that if I confess my faults, he's faithful and just forgive me. If, when we get this new way of living, when we do something wrong, we know it immediately. We know it right then. We know as soon as it flew out of our mouth, I shouldn't have said that. We know it as soon as we thought it. I shouldn't have thought that. And the Holy Ghost is going, hey, 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 you know what to do about that? Yep. And we say, Lord, I'm sorry that I did that. Forgive me for that. That's not the way you want me to live. That's not shining a light of who you are. This is not being an open book. I just closed the book so that I could read that chapter. But, you know, it goes, woo how it is. We're supposed to love God with all our hearts. All of our heart. And While he was here in the flesh, he said if we love him, we would keep his commandments. So when we're keeping his commandments, people are, hey, that, that's a set of rules that the, that the world don't live by. So it's going to be obvious that you're different. And you have to reconcile yourself with that because what happens is that the people that you used to run with don't want to run with you no more. Or are they gonna talk about you? Oh, you one of them holy rollers now, ain't you? Self-righteous, holier than thou, Bible thumper, church person, fanatic, Jesus freak—you know, just gonna let you have all of it, just both barrels, just let you have it. I, I know. Listen, man, you—they ain't a group of people nowhere on planet Earth was as close as the guys I ran with before I got in church. Man, I'm telling you, we would. I would have killed somebody for them boys. I ain't kidding. I, I would have shot or stabbed and buried them somewhere. Yeah, that's how it was. We were tight. But when I got in the church, no, no, we didn't have cell phones then. So I didn't about nobody calling but texting me or calling me. But, but no more, hey, you'll you play ball with us. You'll play golf. you coming come over to play cars at night. you come to this day.
1: Because mm-hmm,
0: they knew when I come over, hey, we're going to talk about the Lord. And I finally, I told him, I said, look, guys, I said, I, I love you. I said, but if you won't find me, I said, I can tell you where I'll be every Sunday and every Wednesday. <laughs> and here's the address. And I said, that's where I'll be. And I, I remember this one guy, he came in, his uh, girlfriend worked in the place where I worked, and and he come in to pick her up one day, and I hadn't seen him in months since I'd been in there and he'd come up and we got to talking. I said, Man, I said, You know all that crazy stuff we used to do, we thought we was living living it up. He said, Yeah, man. I said, Buddy, you ain't seen nothing like the Holy Ghost. I said, You need to come on. Yeah. Well, I got to go. I need to, you know, just I think she's out there waiting on me. You know, I just got to go. And that's the last conversation I ever had with him. And I wasn't I wasn't grabbing people around the throat saying, You about to bust hell open, you better come on and get in the church. I was just telling people about how good God was and how what was going on in my life, what was happening, and letting that light shine. But look, when people ain't when people like the dark, they gonna run from the light. But that doesn't excuse us from shining. Oh I, man, they they, I get it. One of the guys that I was closest to, man, I'm telling you, we was like this. We was just a few months apart in birth, and we grew up together. Uh, like I mean, like this. I was in his wedding. We, I mean, I just you, there's no way to tell you how close we were. But I couldn't sacrifice what God was doing in my life for that. I, I mean, how, how was I going to ever help him see? Hey, there's something else. He's promised me for 30 years. He'd come to church with me. Ain't come yet. That's all right. Every time I see him, he hugs my neck and talks to him. I love you and I love him. But he knows how I'm gonna be, and that's why I still don't get invited to nothing. <laughs> because they, you know, at le- hey, at least they respect that. They're like, you know, well, you know, if you come over here, we're gonna all be acting a fool. Because they, grown men now, are still acting foolish, They're still acting foolish. But look, it's just it. We we've got to shine the light. But look, now saying this. Letting people see what they see. That can't just be a show. It's got to be real. You ever seen them uh, little videos where mom and dad, they, they got a Christmas gift wrapped up and the kids open it and they tear it open as soon as it, they see it? It's like, you know, uh, one of them PlayStation, not PlayStation, or Xbox or something like that. And man, the kids are backflipping and just going crazy and wild and they're like, and they start opening the box, and it's like just banana peels or something inside of you. And they're like, I mean, kids are like crying, and devs getting mad, and stomping off and just, you know, just losing it. because And that's pretty cruel. But, again, they thought this is what they were getting, and it wasn't. And that's the way we we can be. In the church, we're not careful. I don't want to be, uh, here's what Jesus said, Matthew 23, 25, and 26, he said, talking to his people now, he came into his own. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you may clean the outside of the cup of the platter, but inside they are full of extortion and excess, you blind Pharisee. Clean first that which is within the cup and platter. Clean the inside first so that the outside of them may be clean also. So if you just clean up the outside, you can still have some problems going on on the inside. You know, there's a lot of people that I I knew that, man, they would go to the gym looked all swollen and healthy but it, they took drugs and, and drank and smoked and, and it killed them they looked healthy but inside they were dying and that's the thing is it doesn't matter what you're doing on the outside if the inside's wrong the outside won't last and so it's the same way in trying to live for God. You can't, that's why we tell us, Man, don't don't be trying to, this ain't, we're not cookie-cutting Christians in here. Everybody's going to be the same shape. Going to be, gonna all have the same, uh-uh. you don't worry about what's going on outside. Get that inside. Spend time knowing Him. Spend time loving Him. Spend time learning about Him. Get that relationship right with him. Get that spirit inside of you. And I promise you that the outside will follow. The outside will begin to realize, hey, because you, you just won't be able to take it. The inside will be, hey, we we about to fight. <laughs> because the flesh is it's in, in enmity against God and the corner mind is against God and, and, and so it'll never be subject. And, and now that you've got the spirit of Christ in you, you're like, oh, maybe I'll go here. And something's like, man, what's pulling me? <laughs> what's, what's stopping me? It's the spirit saying, no, 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 that ain't what we do. You, Let me see what's on. No, no, don't stop on that channel. No, no, no. It's a, it, it'll It'll guide you. And so the inside has to be clean to portray a clean outside, a true clean outside, a clean life. Paul said in Romans that we are to provide things honest in the sight of men, honest. Not a not a, not putting on a show, not acting like we're some. Provide it honest. You know, there's nothing wrong. There used to be old saying. You know, be patient with me. God, not God, be patient. God's not finished with me yet. So, there's nothing wrong with saying God's not done with me yet. But we, too many people get. Embarrassed or ashamed, and they're like, "Well, I, you know, I'm I'm not like everybody else. Well, I'm not like everybody else. I don't. If and I, I've used this illustration before, but you can have a newborn, a toddler, an adolescent, an adult, and they're all perfect at the stage they're in, but they're still growing. The baby can be perfect health." nothing wrong with it, but it's still a baby. It can't walk. It can't feed itself. It can't change itself. It can't talk. It can't drive. There's a lot of things it can't do, but it's the most perfect baby, and we love it, and we love watching it grow, too, the toddler, and there's a toddler. It's perfect. It's a perfect toddler. It tears stuff up. It it bites other children it's it's it pulls the tail of the dog you know it's it's a perfect toddler, and we love it. It's not a adolescent, it's not a teenager, it's not an adult that can't drive can but it's a perfect toddler you know you know so hey before you know it, they're adolescent, they know everything they you know they keep you awake at night, they make you cry, you pray a lot, but you love them, they're perfect. Because they're the perfect teenager, adolescent, not an adult yet. They think they are. That's, you have a little more problem with them at that age. You're not grown yet. I feel like I am. And now today, I don't know what you're feeding them, but some of them look grown. But uh, but then you become an adult. But what I'm saying is every stage is growth. And, and if you think that that growth happens any differently, you know, we, you have two kids that are born at the same time, and all of a sudden one of them's, you know, he's six foot tall, the other one's 5'10". Five, five, you know, they're they're different stature. They're, one of them's more muscular, one of them's more slender. You know, why aren't they the same? Because they're not the same. Even twins sometimes. I, I was telling my wife the other day we were talking about some twins. There was these two kids that were on a TV show. They were twins. I said, one of them boys got thick. I said I saw saw side by side one of them was kind of thin. I said oh, boy he's husky. He's I don't know what happened to him. He's old round face and big head. I mean he was just I was like but they were twins but they were just different. You know one of them was eating more. I don't know something was happening. But uh, so in the church if you're growing that's what matters. Because when, when the Lord, when that trumpet sounds, there's going to be some spiritual babies, some spiritual adolescents, some spiritual toddlers, and some spiritual adults, and some spiritual granddaddies that's going to be heading out of here. They're going to all be at different stages of their walk, but be right where they're supposed to be because they didn't just stop. And so we can't stop. But what I I know I, I went way around to say this is that, yes, the outside is important. But it only gets to be, there's no light shining if he's not inside. Because he moves in. If you're just putting on the show, there's no illumination to it. Because he's not in there. But when he's in there, he shines out of the the spiritual baby, he shines out of the spiritual toddler, adolescent, or adult, and it, even though there's maybe some catching up or not there yet, it doesn't matter because they're right where they are, growing in God. Man, I, I would say I don't know what time it is. I want to run over, but um, my my mother, she came. I was a Came to the church. Nobody in my family was in church. So I get in there. They think I'm, you know, I've been, all I did was talk about the Lord. So they thought I was in a cult and something's happened to him because you had to know me before. There was such a complete difference (laughs) in who I was and what I was to what I was now. So I, I, you know, talking to my family and inviting them to church and different things like that. And my mom. She, she, of course, you know, having grandbabies at church, that's a big plus, getting your mom to church, but, but, you know, she was always there, she was praying, she didn't understand a lot of things, and she would talk to me about that, and I'd say, look, just keep doing what you're doing, I said, because I can tell you this and this, all all they I said, but If you don't see it yet, if you don't understand that yet, if you're not convicted by that yet, I I can't. No man can make you. You you can't. And I I believe there's some things you see it and you you do obey by faith. Don't get me wrong, I believe that. But there's some things that, you know, and so she, I said, just keep coming, Mom. I said, just keep coming, keep worshiping, keep praying, keep doing what you're doing. And, man, she did and she did and she would move on. and, And finally, she said, it was just like the light went on on some things, and boom, she was. There were some things that she struggled with. She wasn't struggling anymore. Things, that, and it just happened. And but I believe that within that time frame, because she'd been baptized in Jesus' name, she was filled the Holy Ghost. She was living for God best she do. Have, well, I believe if the, the Lord had to come, she was going to go because she was right in the middle of that growth period. And so, you know, that's how it is. So. When you get the inside right, the outside's gonna follow. It, it n- never works to try and get the outside right and then make the inside follow. It, just, it, that that is a frustration because that's basically putting on a costume. You know, it'd just be like me. Decking full out in a in a Braves uniform and showing up at the field, cleats, jersey, head, every glove, all of it. Uh, you don't get to play. Why? Cause you ain't part of the club, man. You just look like a ball player, but you're not a ball player, and you ain't getting paid. You're just gonna sit and stand, eat your hot dog, and watch. That's 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 is all that's all you're gonna get. Or we're gonna throw you out of here because you know you got like Chipper Jones on the back of your jersey, and they're gonna throw you out because you ain't Chipper or Javier Lopez. I'm dating myself now, but um, I don't even know who plays for him anymore. But um, you know, it's uh, it's like that. You know, so don't do that. Don't put on a costume. Don't do it. Love the Lord. Pray. Seek God. Study. Search God, do Bible studies, do all you do, and let God move you and grow you and teach you. And I promise you, you'll end up where you're supposed to end up. You'll see what you're supposed to see. You'll do what you're supposed to do. But don't be like he said, scribes and Pharisees. You're a hypocrite. I don't want the Lord to call me a hypocrite. He said you're cleaning the outside up, and the inside's crazy. He said so. Look, you're blind. He said, clean that which is within the cup and the platter so the outside will be clean also. I can't say it any better than Jesus can say it. That's what he said to do. So the inside must be clean to portray a clean outside or a clean life because we are made manifest unto God and unto man. We must be right in both views. I don't care what nobody thinks about me. You should. That's not, I mean, I know, well, I don't care what they think. Yeah, but you should. We should care what people think about us when we serve the Lord. We should. It doesn't mean, if now. well, they don't like me going to church. Well, now, I can't help what they don't like. And you shouldn't. You, you can say, well, I can't help if you don't like it. But, you know, you should never get that attitude where, I going not do what I want. You, I don't care what you think. I'm going to say this. I don't care what you think. That's not the way that it works with us. We we should care what people think about us because what they think about us is what they're going to think about the Lord. Or are they going to say, oh, they, yeah, I know they, they have a bunch of them wackos over there that say this and that. No, no, I don't want to be that. I want to be true. I'm going to tell you, anything else, when people come to an uh, apostolic revival service and they see people running across the front of the room or falling out in the spirit or speaking in tongues or things like that, it kind of... Oh boy, where did I just get into? But when you turn around and you just love them, they look past all that stuff. They're like, well, that was something. What you was doing today? Bring you. Yeah, that's why people are scared. I, don't know, I bring my coworkers. You know what they're gonna be talking about on Monday? Everybody in that place is gonna know I, I was running around in, in the church. Okay, well, somebody, well they should know that already, but, uh, you know, but got to break the ice somehow, you know, and, and let it happen. I mean, I, man, I had friends that came, and he, one day he was, we were sitting down at lunch, and they said, you know, church, today, uh, that guy come running, he took two or three laps around the church. He said, he ran right past me, and I was like, yeah. He said, I thought about that. I said, boy, they look, like they having fun. He said, I guess it's all right to have fun in church, ain't it? And I said, yeah, it's all right to have fun in church. I said, we have fun all the time in church. But, but the thing is, is that, you know, that's not who you are when you're sitting down to lunch with them. It ain't like we're going to lunch, and I'm going to run a lap around the table and then sit down. You know, now I have had, had people say, here, I'll pray for the food. And and whew, people, people was like, what's going on at that table? And uh, that food got sanctified, real good. But, um, but you know, they, you know those other things that they don't really understand about you. Really, don't mean a whole lot, or, or run them off if they know you love them, and that you are showing the love of God to them. That you're an open book. You ask me anything about my walk with God, I'll tell you. You know, I'm not going to tell you, but you know, well, tell me about your 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 some kind of secret things about your family. No, that's that's not your business. But you want to know about the Lord? Yeah, we're going to talk about that all day long and as long as you need to. So we must embrace this new life we've been given. I know I've got to wrap up. I've got nine minutes. We must embrace this new life we've been given and then live and walk, Paul said it, Romans 6, walk in the newness of life because Jesus did not die for us so we could continue in our own ways. The way to eternal life is through him, not just being born again. Because you can be born again, a a child could be born, and if it never eats, if it never has any protection, it'll die. And if we are born again, but then we don't do anything to nourish ourselves and to grow, we'll die. So when we're born again, that's great, but now we have to leave this old life behind and follow him. There's a lot, like I've, I've said this so many times, there's a lot of life to live after your baptism and your new birth. Said, there's a lot of life to live. You read Acts 2.38, and you read that, and then you keep reading on down, Peter's preaching, and then he says, and then he's told them how to be born again, but he says, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted, saying, save yourself from this untoward generation. In other words, now, now you got to live yeah, you're super excited. You're soaking wet. You're fresh out of the water, and you're like, "Wow, that's the best thing going." But you ain't in heaven yet. You feel like you're in heaven, <laughs> but you ain't there yet. And now you got to live. So we live for Him. We live the life that He wants us to live. You know, it's uh, it's, it's just what we gotta do. That's being an open book for this world. And so. I'm I'll just, I'll jump to this last scripture and I'll close with this. Uh, If you want to come up for some music just to play for a moment. And we're going to pray and then we're going to have a baptism when I get done uh, tonight. And so we'll go get changed and things like that. But whenever we live who Jesus made us to be, we're not only manifest to the world, but we're also manifest to God. And when we are manifesting our life to this world, we're glorifying God. When you live who Jesus made you. Just live that life. That's giving God the glory. When you begin to live differently, that's giving God glory. That's glorifying God in your body and in your spirit. And and when you you don't react the way you used to react, that's giving God the glory. And let me tell you this. When you fall on your face... And then you say, God, I'm sorry about that. That's giving God glory. Because you're you're saying, I trust in what you did for me. I value what you did to me. And your word says, if I confess my faults, you'll forgive me. So in other words, you're just simply keeping his commandments because, hey, guess what? You love him. So a lot of people think, well, I I, I fell down and fall in failures final. But it ain't. It's not. That's not the way the Lord looks at it. What he's doing is looking to see, what are you going to do now? Are you going to quit right there where you are and just die? Or are you going to get up and let me continue working on you? Are you going to, do you love this so much that you'll keep going? I think about David. When David did such a horrible thing. And if you don't know the story, he he took another man's wife. They were together. She got pregnant. He had the man killed to cover it up. And then the child died. And when the, after the child died, David got up, washed his face, anointed himself, went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. And in Psalm 51, you'll read his psalm of repentance. But he said, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Don't cast me away from your presence. You know, he 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 said, "Man, I know I've messed up, but I don't want to quit living for God. I don't want to be without Him. I know I, I, boy, I messed up bad, but just don't leave me." And the Lord didn't. And so when we mess up, the Lord's just looking. Okay, let's see what you do next. You'll either, yeah, I can't think of anything that makes Him more proud than to see one of his children say, Lord, I'm sorry. Father, forgive me. You think about your own kid. They mess up, and then they just turn around and look at you. And you knew they messed up. And they just turn around and look at you like, I ain't saying I'm sorry. I don't care what you think. Boy, that would break your heart. And I think the Lord is just like, you understand when you fall, I don't stop loving you. When you make mistakes, I don't quit believing in you. I told somebody this the other day. I said, he, he factored in our stupidity. That's why he said where sin does abound, his grace does much more abound. He factored in this humanity, this flesh, and he knows how we are. Hey, in the most ideal environment ever, they disobeyed him. So it happened. It's not a loophole, it's not an excuse, it's not a free pass. We should strive to be better every day, and to walk upright. Even John said, I write unto you that you sin not. But if that happens, you do have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, righteous. So, Romans 12, 1 and 2, if you'll stand with me. We'll close with this scripture tonight. Very familiar, Paul again, writing to the church. And he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. Big word, big phrase right here, acceptable unto God. That means we line up with God's word, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. That means putting evidence out there that people can see. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? We're not just proving it to God, but we're proving to this world that what God did is real, that it wasn't a fad. Oh, I I had people, I think they were probably taking bets. Oh, we'll see him back in a couple of weeks. He'll be back, don't worry, he'll be back. Man, as crazy as he was, it's just a fad, something he's going through. He'll be back. (laughs) Yeah, they lost money on that bet. That's been nearly 30 years ago now. And, man, I ain't looking back. And I sure ain't going back. I want to keep serving the Lord. So just remember, our life for him is an open book. We're read of all men. And they're either seeing nothing but a cover or they're seeing what's between the pages. I think they're supposed to see what's between the pages. Amen.